0: Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today. Members podcast, Wednesday, 12th of July. And tonight is the night. The US CPI number, we're all hanging on it. And if the market is to be believed, everybody's betting it's going to be a good number. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. We were up 104 points yesterday, which was a lot more than expected. It's fickle stuff. One day we go worrying about Chinese inflation being 0%, factory gate prices being down, and the Chinese economy going nowhere. The next day we're talking about... The Chinese supporting the retail sector and our market takes off. Today, we've got the market having dropped 120 points on Friday. Yesterday, up 104. This morning, we opened up 50. We're currently up 34. So we've recovered Friday's drop in a couple of days. And as I say, it must be because... Somebody somewhere is betting on this CPI number tonight being a good number. I've got to tell you, experience tells you that the bond market vibe running into big economic releases does tend to be right. So you sort of think the bond market in the US is onto something. And if you look at Australian and US bond yields in the last 24 hours, they have dropped and are dropping. So we'll see what comes tonight in our portfolios, my portfolios. We're, we're not doing anything ahead of the CPI number still in the NASDAQ. and NASDAQ is on a, on a weekly chart. It's still overbought. It looks vulnerable. It has lost upside momentum, hasn't exactly developed downside momentum yet, but it's looking a little bit vulnerable to a disappointing CPI number tonight. We will see, but we remain in the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. and p 500 ETFs are also overbought at the moment. We remain in those with 40% cash, looking for some direction tonight, whether we've done the right thing, cashing up our one-stock portfolios, BHP and Macquarie, both in cash at the moment and our ideas portfolio in cash as well. So being a bit of a chicken at the moment, which is inconsistent with the rise in the equity market in the last couple of days. Very short-term stuff. Speaking of inconsistent, a number of strategists. I talked yesterday about a couple of strategists that I regularly read, talking about the parallels with 1987 at the moment with the bond yield or the bond yields rising and equity market it's rising at the same time, when they are usually inversely correlated. The assumption is, of course, when you hear that, that the equity market is wrong and the equity market should sell off. But the truth of the matter is, if this CPI number comes in below expectations, the bond market is wrong and the bond market will go up. So let's again see what happens tonight. Now, whilst we wait, I've been doing a bit of admin for you. I have done a Australian results calendar for you. You will find that under the tools tab today. You'll also find it in the main newsletter today. Just print that off and pin it on your cork board for the next month or so. If you really want to know a company's results date, don't rely on our calendar. It is a best guess and errors and omissions accepted. Even Reuters has to guess. Generally speaking, companies report on the same day of the same week of the financial year. So if the CBA reports in week five on a Wednesday, generally it will do that every year, same day of the week. So some results are fairly predictable, but not all companies are sensible and I can tell you some CFOs will pop out their results as soon as they're finished and you don't really know when that is. But if you do want to know when a company's reporting results, just go to the website. It's not that hard if you've got 10 holdings or something. you just got to visit 10 websites and see if they've published the results date and you'll usually find they've got an ex-dividend date expectation up there as well and a pay date. So you can find it all on the websites. So this calendar is just a bit of a guess and a guide. I've included a lot of of stocks on it. Usually we just do top 100 or so. There's a few hundred on there this time around. If you want to know whether a company is going to have a good set of results or not, one of the things to do is to go and have a look at the most recent results statement. So they might have had a quarterly, but usually you'll you'll be looking, if, you, if they're having final results, you'll be looking at the interim results in February. Generally speaking, sensible companies will try and keep the market reasonably well informed and you can pick up the vibe from From the February results and often it will follow through and if there has been any material change they would have had some sort of confession or other ahead of the results but one of the best guides is always to go and look at the most recent announcements and just pick up the vibe most announcements have got some sort of statement from the CEO so just go and have a look at those if you are fretting about results This, of course, results season, of course, is when quality counts. The bigger a stock, the more predictable its earnings. That's really what quality is. It's the reliability and predictability of earnings. So a quality company rarely surprises. If it's likely to, it will have told you about it before results. And this is where the companies that lack quality become risky. And one of the things I've written articles before results seasons, every results season, but one of the techniques, of course, is... Is if you are in small and mid caps running into results, this is a dangerous time. This is like walking around on a battlefield in an orange vest. You're not quite sure whether when or whether you're going to get blown up if you play in mid and small caps. So results season is a period of time to avoid the risks rather than walking into the minefield and treading on landmines. You don't have to. And the other technique, of course, is that once a company has an announce results if you do sell ahead of results once a company has announced results Generally, bad results start trends, good results start trends, and after the results are announced, you then have three to six months where the company has been de-risked. And if the results are good, the share price pops a bit, that's the time to buy it, not to think about selling it. That's the time to buy it. It's de-risked. The vibe is good. An uptrend has started. So you can wait for results if you are nervous about results, and buy after results, in complete possession of the facts. So if you are chasing dividends, for instance, you might wait for results, wait to see if the results are good, and then you can buy before the ex-dividend date. Having read all the research picked up the vibe and looked at the trend. You don't have to get blown up. Anyway, the results calendar in the newsletter today. One of the other quirks of the results season is on August the 31st, last day that companies have to pop their results out if they've got a June year end. If your company hasn't reported, the likelihood is they are going to report after hours on the last day of the year with all the other companies that are embarrassed by their results, hoping that nobody will notice them. You don't want to be holding companies reporting results at 8 p.m. on August the 31st. I've included in my section today, as we have little else to do, a seasonal chart of the all-ordinaries, just to point out. We are coming to the end of the seasonally weakest couple of months of the year. Market usually starts to make progress in July. It's all a bit of hocus-pocus, of course, but there you go. If you're trying to predict dividend dates, I've put our spreadsheet of ex-dividend dates in the newsletter again today. This is a list of dates that companies went ex-dividend last year. From that, again, you should be able to deduce The ex-dividend date this year, again, same day of the same week of the financial year. And that's about that. I have some changes to our presentation of the map and our end of day and midday emails coming up for you in the next few days, if I can get that done before I go on holiday on Sunday. In Henry's take today, stock of the day, Azure Minerals, AZS, talks about the bounce in Megaport yesterday, the changes to the NASDAQ, Coming up, talks about critical minerals, and he'll be on the call today on Osbis talking 10 stocks. I'll put it in my Saturday email but a water cooler recommendation for you which both Henry and I have watched in the last few days was the Wham! documentary. That's a must watch and I'm watching Funny Woman at the moment as well. Quite a good little series. Uh, you'll see technical take today. There's not much in the technical take today. There are a few buy signals but none of them look terribly good. CSL just keeps going down. Cochlear as well and I can't get convinced about this buy signal keeps popping up on bank of queensland and some of the retailers bottoming pmv i don't think they've really got upside momentum yet and do had a profits warning today So I'm not sure you'd be buying into retailers safely at the moment. Right, as I leave you, ASX 200 up 28 points, drifting away now. Intertech pivot having a bounce up 4.7%. Gold sector rally yesterday, short-lived down today, worst performing sector today, followed by healthcare and energy having a bounce along with resources and REITs. Dow futures down 31 as we speak, NASDAQ futures flat. That's about that. You have a fabulous day we'll be back tomorrow